Hi, I'm Ted Wolf, presented by Guidewise. Welcome to the Implementers Podcast, where we connect you to the stories and insights of people who have mastered implementation. Why? Because ideas are easy, but implementation is hard. Join us as we uncover the secrets of successful implementation so you can conquer your implementation struggles. Welcome to the Implementers Podcast, presented by Guidewise, where we focus on the topic of implementation because we believe ideas are easy, but implementation is hard. Today, our guest is Jamie Arroyo of Assets, and he's also, Jamie, a member of City Council. So welcome, Jamie. Hi, Ted. Thanks for having me. Great. Tell us the story about assets and how you came became affiliated with them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a little bit of background. Assets is an economic justice organization here in Lancaster. Uh, we're a 501c3 as well as a certified community development financial institution. Uh, really, Assets was started back in 1993. So we're actually celebrating our 30th year anniversary uh, this year, which is exciting. Um, it was started by the Mennonite Economic Development Association, also known as MEDA, as really as a way of using entrepreneurship to uplift individuals out of poverty. Um, to this day, our mission still is the same around cultivating entrepreneurial leadership and really using as business as a force for good to ensure that entrepreneurs have the tools they need um, to be successful in starting and growing their businesses. We do that in various uh, different ways. We have entrepreneur training. Um, we have a community lending department. And we also do impact consulting, helping businesses measure their social and environmental performance to focus on the triple bottom line, people, planet, and profit. Um, I was drawn to assets actually uh, quite a few years ago. Um, I actually started my career in banking um, and really thought I had my career set. Uh, you know, I was in the industry that I enjoyed. Um, I'm a first generation college graduate. So from a professional standpoint, I was doing very well um, and really on a track for success um, as far as uh, careers go. Um, but I started to feel or get a sense of the systemic barriers that existed for individuals within my community to have access to the resources that they need to have economic prosperity. Um, enter the former executive director of assets, uh, Jess King. Um, I had the opportunity to meet her. She was actually recruiting for a microloan program that they had here at assets. Uh, and when she approached me with the opportunity, I, I wasn't quite ready to make the jump into the nonprofit world coming from, you know, the corporate world. But I said, Hey, let me, you know, happy to volunteer, happy to, you know, you know, provide my services in any way possible. Um, and for about a year, I helped out teaching uh, what was called the Learning Circle back then. It's now our idea incubator. It's a 10-week cohort-style training program that helps entrepreneurs take an idea um, into a minimum viable product, something they, that they can actually launch um, and develop. Uh, and after teaching that, working with some participants of our great social enterprise pitch, I fell in love with the mission and uh, told Jess then at that point, once a job is ready, whether it's cleaning toilets or something else, I'm happy to do it. I want to join the team. Um, I'm very, very passionate about this type of mission. Well, congratulations. Uh, you've got a, a great track record of success here. Um, using business as an instrument of change is one of your key strategies. So if you go to your website, you take a look at it and it says the landscape of business is changing. Mm -hmm. How do you see that change taking place? 
Yeah, in quite a few different ways. Um, you know, from an equity standpoint, really one of our or part of our mission is building this equitable and ethical economy. Um, in order to do that, we have to have diverse and inclusive entrepreneurship here in Lancaster County. Um, so that means that entrepreneurs small business owners, they reflect the community that they're in. Um, so one of the things that we do through our entrepreneur training and community lending side of things uh, is remove barriers that exist for underrepresented entrepreneurs. So whether it's women, BIPOC, LGBTQ+, veteran uh, individuals with disabilities, we want to make sure that we're knocking down barriers so that way they have access to resources such as training and access to capital. Um, that is really the, the lifeline for businesses to either get started or scale um, once they're established. Um, so making sure that we have diverse and inclusive entrepreneurship is very important for us. The other side of that is making sure that businesses, as they operate, are operating in an ethical manner. Um, so we know that business done as usual can continue to happen. We're starting to see a lot of the, um, I would say, negative consequences uh, of, of our economy, um, while it has spurred innovation and a lot of creativity. There's also been some consequences. So how do we use this system uh, that we currently live in to focus beyond making a profit but also focus on the people that we serve, the neighborhoods that we're in, and the environment that we're extracting the resources from to make sure that business is actually adding value to all aspects of our environment versus just one, um, which is the bottom line, but rather focus on the triple bottom line. Okay. So in a conversation you and I had, you talked about human-centered economy as your main philosophy. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that's something we've been having a lot of conversations about here at Assets, um, especially over the past year that I've uh, became CEO, um, really thinking about, you know, how do we have the economy serve humans versus the other way around? So if you turn on the news, you turn on CNN, uh, you read the Wall Street Journal, it is constantly uh, uh, tailored with messages around what we need to do to make sure we have a successful economy, almost as if we're serving the economy. I want to flip that on its head. I want to think about how is the economy serving humans, right? Rather than GDP, what does it look like for our individual growth and collective growth as a community versus just the economy growing for the sake of growing? Um, so a very simple example of that is language that we use. So here at Assets, we would interchangeably, interchangeably use entrepreneurship, um, small businesses, small business owners. And we started to think about who do we actually serve? Do we serve small businesses or do we serve entrepreneurs? And we landed on that we serve entrepreneurs, the human behind the business. Mm -hmm. And it's realizing that the business is just the vehicle for economic prosperity. An entrepreneur may start and grow multiple businesses uh, or succeed or fail in multiple businesses. But if we help the human behind that business, we are helping that individual, we are helping their family, and we're helping their community achieve economic prosperity just by switching that terminology and refocusing our lens um, on the person behind the business. So how are you helping the person behind the business? Yeah, that's a great question. A very uh, simple example for that is thinking about our uh, community lending department. Uh, when we give a microloan anywhere from $1,000 up to $50,000, we don't just give them the loan and say, good luck. 
we pair it with education. So part of a requirement for individuals to get a loan with us is that they receive and they work with us through technical assistance, whether that's credit counseling, whether that's financial coaching or business coaching, to ensure that while they're paying back the loan, they're actually walking alongside of us and us them to make sure that they're building up their credit score, they're learning financial literacy, and they're also helping to build out their plan. And that's focusing on the education of the, of the individual, knowing that It'd be great if we get paid back. That's always a plus. Uh, mm -hmm. but we also want to make sure that they're su successful beyond the loan. And mm -hmm. in order to ensure that, we have to make sure that they're receiving education and technical assistance along with that. So with assets, what you're really doing is building a community. And uh, one of the, the quotes on your website is, is it takes a community to transform a community. How are you going about attracting and retaining the individuals that have the same philosophies about business growth, growth of the individual. Um, how are you going about that community building aspect? Uh, that's a great question, Ted. As you know, business is all about relationships, right? And you can't really have a strong relationship without first creating a welcoming environment, ensuring that when people enter your space, that they feel safe, that they feel heard, and that they know that you're showing up with a spirit of curiosity, especially when it's an entrepreneur that's sharing their idea um, or, you know, what I call their baby with you. Um, mm -hmm. They want to make sure that you're being curious enough to listen to them uh, and they feel safe in a welcoming environment. The second thing is trust. Um, it's very important for us to build trust with our community. And we do that in three different ways. That's making sure that we show up as our authentic selves. Um, we're not playing a character. We are bringing our full selves to work and every interaction with our clients. We're making sure that we're leading with empathy uh, so that we're empathetic in every conversation and really understanding where that individual is trying to come from. Uh, and then third is making sure that we have good judgment. You know, uh, not every business is going to be successful and there are very um, uh, uh, important fundamentals for business that we need to make sure that everyone has a strong grasp of. So making sure that we use good judgment um, when, it, when it comes to teaching and implementing those business fundamentals is super important. And that's those three areas are how we build trust uh, with the entrepreneurs that we serve and the broader community. Okay. So Let's talk a little bit about Jamie, the person now. Yeah. Jamie, you came into assets that the idea had already taken off. It had some legs. It was working. Mm -hmm. What was it about assets that you loved? Yeah, I think uh, a couple things. Um, one, I love the idea of entrepreneurship. I think whether you're starting your own business or you're working for someone else, um, the idea of entrepreneurship um, it's, it's a mindset that people carry. And mm -hmm. I wanted to see, you know, how do we create more entrepreneurs in our community? You know, when we talk about the American dream, um, you know, at least from my perspective, there were two main ways that you can get that. Uh, it, it was buy the home, right, and build equity in that way. Buying a home was, was part mm -hmm. of the American dream. The second one was higher education, right? Go to college, uh, get a degree. Um, those were things that were preached to us as ways to achieve this dream. Um, but one that wasn't shared as quite often um, growing up was the idea of being an entrepreneur. 
Uh, but when I look back at my high school peer group, uh, many of them are also have started or starting their own businesses. Um, I think I might be the only one out of my peer group or very few that actually went to and graduated college. The mm -hmm. rest decided to go this entrepreneur route. And mm -hmm. uh, to me, that was fascinating as this third pillar of achieving the American dream. So that that is something that's always fascinated me. Mm -hmm. um, I also look at my community. And as you mentioned, you know, business is a huge driver in what shapes communities, what shapes neighborhoods, what shapes families. Uh, so I wanted to figure out how do we use this mechanism to really help build strong families and strong communities. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, my dad came here um, from Puerto Rico when I was, you know, just one or two years old. Um, I was born there. We, we moved to Lancaster City. Uh, and one of the reasons why uh, our family was able to achieve, you know, or move up the economic uh, spectrum uh, is because he had a good job. And, you know, he works at High Steel, uh, you know. So I think about the lineage of those companies in Dale High and what entrepreneurship has meant, not only for our entire community, but also for our family who had a good job or access to a good job and mm -hmm. what that did. And I just want to help create more of that here in our community. Okay. So you mentioned the name Dale High. When you think of Dale High, what do you think of? What, what do you really think about the contributions and the act of what he created? Yeah. Um, this might sound cliche uh, for all entrepreneurs, but vision. Right. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think the one specialty of leadership of entrepreneurs is this idea to see around corners. Uh, they don't always um, sometimes make sense. Right. Sometimes we're all over the mm -hmm. place where mm -hmm. but there's something about having a vision to see around the corner and what could be uh, regardless of what the obstacles are. Um, mm -hmm. And there's an idea of going through those obstacles. People like Dale High, entrepreneurs that we serve here. They have faced obstacle after obstacle, uh, but they found a way to have that serve them rather than um, mm -hmm. hold them back. One of mm -hmm. my favorite sayings is the obstacle is the way. Um, and it's this idea that uh, rather than go around obstacles or try to avoid them, you go through them because what you're trying to learn is on the other side. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's no greater example of that than entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs that have helped shape this community. So when you became CEO of Assets, what were some of the obstacles you saw that you had to overcome? Yeah, it's a great question. So I came, uh, I joined Assets in June of 2022. Um, you know, our organization, uh, while it's had a great reputation in the community, um, unfortunately saw a mass transition of staff um, the six months prior. Uh, the previous CEO had left the, or the, the organization um, and other uh, key members of, uh, of the staff um, had left the organization as well. Um, you know, I had been gone for two years. Uh, so I started at Assets, I believe in 2017 as a full-time employee um, and left at the end of 2019. Um, I was actually the chief strategy officer over at Community Action Partnership, which is the largest anti-poverty organization here in Lancaster County. Um, I served as a chief strategy officer for two years throughout the pandemic. Um, and when this opportunity came up, uh, you know, I threw my hat in the ring, um, really knowing that my passion lived in economic development. I thought I saw my skill set really being applied um, in, in that in that area. Um, and, you know, the organization lost a lot of the team members, a lot of the institutional knowledge that existed. Uh, a fun fact is we're up to 15 employees now, uh, but I am one of three employees on our team now that was at this organization pre-2020. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and one of those three 
actual program staff. So, um, you know, very, uh, very new folks on the team um, and a lot of institutional institutional knowledge, um, you know, lives with a very few people. So one of the challenges that I've had was rebuilding the team, resetting the culture, rebuilding trust with the community, with this new mm -hmm. team. Mm -hmm. um, but then also just really getting the philosophy of assets embedded throughout every aspect of our team, our programs, to make sure that everyone is in alignment with what our theory of change is. Okay, so you were embedding the vision of assets and your theory of change into the organization. How did you implement and address those changes? How did you make that happen? Yeah. Um, so it's still in process, right? We're, we're a year in. Um, a lot of the team members are new. Um, but a lot of that has to come through conversations and really mm -hmm. explaining the why behind things. So um, it's very easy to think of, um, to go through the day to day and the motions of we're going to host this training. Um, we're we're going to do this loan. And, and sometimes, you know, we have some very ambitious people on our team. We're looking at the numbers, right? How many applications have we had? Um, how many people are we serving? Uh, how many loans have we uh, dispersed? But my goal or my responsibility as a leader really is to have everyone take a step back and understand why are we doing this? You know, um, so a good example of that is our lending team. Um, uh, having some of our uh, team members, including myself, reformed bankers, right? So when you're in the banking world, the dollar amount of loans was always important. Mm -hmm. Here at Assets, that is not the important aspect. It's the number of borrowers because I want to help more people, not necessarily disperse more dollars, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that's mm -hmm. a mindset shift in itself within the finance world. Mm -hmm. So it's really having, uh, helping my team take a step back, understanding why are we doing this, um, and then also understand the history. So a lot of individuals don't know the history as to why CDFIs exist. Why was assets created? Mm -hmm. um, you know, sis uh, the systemic barriers that have um, unfortunately plagued our communities and have forced them to start behind the, the starting line for, for, mm -hmm. for this race. So, mm -hmm. um, so my job is to really educate the team, understand the why behind um, why we do what we do. Um, and then with that, they're able to, to, to figure out how we implement it on, on, the, ground, on the ground floor. Okay, so you saw change that had to happen. You had to implement the concept and the experience of the why, because the why is an experience. If you don't, it's not an, uh, an, an analytical concept. If you understand it, you got to get it into your bones and your body and your emotions. Mm -hmm. So when you walked into that space where you knew you had to make that change, but you weren't sure if it was going to take. Were the people going to laugh? Were they going to walk out? Were you going to have turnover? You were at that tightrope and that point of uncertainty and perhaps a little fear. Tell me about what that experience within you that you went through at that moment. Yeah, that, that's a great question. You know, one of the challenges, I think, whenever someone steps into a leadership role, and I felt that myself is this um, sometimes an idea of imposter syndrome, you know, whether mm -hmm. or not I am ready mm -hmm. uh, to mm -hmm. take this on, you know, you see the challenges and obstacles in front of you and, and you kind of wonder, uh, am I making the right decision? Uh, and, you know, there, there are 
you know, I, I take leadership as a serious responsibility. You know, we have 15 team members. I'm responsible for 15 families. You know, uh, all the entrepreneurs we serve, we are responsible for their economic prosperity. So I, I carry the weight on my shoulders as a serious responsibility. So every decision, um, you know, I was kind of reflecting back and thinking, you know, is this the right one? Um, but at a certain point, I think every leader has to think about um, what have they been training for and have confidence in their training, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I might butcher this quote, but uh, there, there's a saying that says, you know, you don't rise to, you know, you don't rise to game day, you fall back right. on the training that led right. up to that point. Um, right. So for me, it's, I, I look back at my career and, you know, I think of the adventure that it's been, um, it's really been giving me the tools to build that confidence. So when it comes to these micro or macro decisions um, that I'm making, uh, you know, I have to lean on the confidence that I've been training for this. Um, mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work out, that is okay, too. Um, I think grace is something that uh, we don't always give ourselves. And, you know, we have to be okay with making a mistake uh, and taking ownership over that. Um, so that way we can learn fast and pivot. Um, mm -hmm. and make sure that we're, we move forward. So let's now focus a little bit on, more on that human-centered economy concept. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned the financial aspect. You're not looking to just give more money. You want to you help more people. You want to grow more businesses because that's the instrument of change going forward in many respects. So when you sit back and you evaluate maybe in a year, the normal person in business might look at the financial statements, the income statement, the balance sheet to see if we grew our assets and the wealth of the organization, et cetera. What's our cash flows look like, things like that. So they're looking at numbers of the business. Mm -hmm. But I think you take a different look. So how do you evaluate your effectiveness on people, the people of bringing them into that new future, that new vision that you hold as an organization and as a person? How do you evaluate that? Yeah, so that's a great question. So I think, you know, going back to the process first, um, you know, when, uh, you know, entrepreneurs that are constantly looking at their QuickBooks and their financial statements might not like this, but uh, looking at the numbers is the easy part, right? It's very black mm -hmm. and white. You know, mm -hmm. here are the numbers. You either made money or you, did, or you didn't. Here are your expenses. Here are your revenue. That That's, that's the simple part of it. Mm -hmm. um, the hard part is when you have to take a step back and think about, okay, here are my employees. Um, what is happening in the Individually in their lives, how are they contributing to the business? Um, how am I serving them? How are they? What does their growth look like? Mm -hmm. um, because short term versus long term, you know, short term numbers are short term. Mm -hmm. uh, people are long term, right? right? So when we think about the success of employees, customers, even investors, when we think about their long term success you're eventually going to have a positive impact on the financials, right? So mm -hmm. it's really shifting towards um, the long-term. And in order to think long-term, you have to think about the people that are alongside you. Mm -hmm. um, I'll also add the environment to that as well. Um, and env an environment can be interchangeable with community, with your neighborhood. Um, but thinking about what are, what are you doing to positively impact that? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're, we're fortunate in Lancaster County that uh, we don't have to deal with, you know, hurricanes right now like the state of Florida is dealing with, you know, at the moment. Um, but we are starting to see some dramatic effects of climate change here. And we saw that with the smoke from the wildfires affecting our local community. Um, mm -hmm. And thinking about as a business, when we're using these resources, how are we operating? And what are things that... Um, 
that are causing some of this damage and how would, do we actually shift in a different way? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, here at Assets, we talk about social enterprise, so businesses that are looking to make a positive impact, um, but we also work with B Corps. Um, so as far as measuring, um, you know, the B Corp certification is a uh, is an assessment or certification from B Lab. Um, uh, Businesses are required to take this assessment to measure their social and environmental performance. Uh, also takes a look at governance, um, employee well-being, transparency, uh, and it scores them amongst businesses within their industry. And they have to re uh, hit a certain score. They're audited, uh, and then they're able to receive the certification if they if, if they you know quote unquote pass right. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a way of measuring uh, this to make sure that we are holding businesses accountable, um, mm -hmm. but. I think it's a mindset before certification. You know, business owners need to think about how is my business um, positively impacting the entire ecosystem, and that's mm -hmm. the people and the environment at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, give me some tangible examples if you can. What drives you, and when do you know you've succeeded? Yeah, um, you know that that's a good question. Um, and, and do you mean personally or as an organization? Yes. Not personally, you personally. Yeah. Per yeah. Um, you know, and this is a shift I've been trying to make since, uh, you know, I think when you're young, you're, you're really uh, sometimes, especially ambitious individuals are sometimes a little bit too obsessed with success and what that mm -hmm. means. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what that does is it, put hands, it puts handcuffs on you to this predetermined idea of what success is, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I don't look at what the outcome is. I really have a vision for what my life could be and what my mission is. Mm -hmm. um, and my, and regardless of title, regardless of salary, regardless of organization, my minute, my mission is to create positive impact in my community uh, mm -hmm. that benefits all, that benefits everyone. Mm -hmm. um, so. I know I'll be successful that throughout along the way, um, going back to the human centered approach to things is hearing stories from people. You know, I know I'm successful when someone, when an entrepreneur that I helped five years ago today tells me that one thing you said in class still sticks with me today. And that, that really helped shift my perspective, right? Um, when I see an entrepreneur that after years of working on the business, they just launched a food truck or, um, they went full time into their business. You know, that to me is how I know I'm being successful is by seeing, um, or hearing these stories of, of people that I help, um, and that they're doing well. So it sounds like you're saying you really succeed when you see you're helping others succeed. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, I, that, and that's all part of the community transforming the community. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, um, individual success, uh, I, I like to think is a myth, you know, it's really mm -hmm. a collective success. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if I'm personally doing well, but no one else around me is doing well, that, then I'm not really doing well. You know, eventually mm -hmm. my community won't be the community that I want it to be. My organization won't be the organization that I want it to be. So it is very important for all of us to think beyond the individual and ensure that the people around us are doing well um, as well. Mm -hmm. So assets and city council is very fortunate to have you. It's obvious you are a human-centered individual and you can implement and get things done and overcome obstacles. So tell me, what lies ahead for Jamie over the next 18 months? What do you want to accomplish and what would make you feel like, okay, this is working and I'm really excited about it? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, so, 
you know, that's interesting. Something that's in, this is kind of uh, mixing my assets and city council hat on something I realized, you know, entrepreneurship, uh, for the record, if anyone listening is interested in entrepreneurship or have kids that they want to expose to entrepreneurship, Monopoly might be one of the best games to, to, to teach that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I played very young, uh, Monop, or I played Monopoly, uh, very young. And, um, you know, my, uh, no one likes to play with me anymore because I get a little bit too competitive. <laughs> but, um, you know, something I realized with Monopoly is that, um, you know, depending on who you play with, uh, some folks have different interpretations of the game or the rules of the game, right? And sometimes they tweak the rules a little bit and sometimes they they might bend it a little bit. And depending on who you're playing with, uh, it's a very different game. Um, and I feel that our, you know, entrepreneurship, economic development, community um, is really driven by the rules of the game. And for us in real life, the rules of the game is policy. Uh, so one of the reasons why I wanted to serve on city council is because I wanted to ensure that the policy that existed within our local community um, really reinforced the idea of truly building an equitable, ethical economy. You could only do that so far as the rules of the game are in. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think over the next to 18 months, uh, one of the things that I'm very uh, curious to explore is how do we advocate for better policy that truly allows um, for individuals, entrepreneurs, families to succeed and thrive um, economically. And that is something that I'm super excited about to do in all avenues of, of my professional life. Okay. Jamie. I want to thank you for being our guest today. Um, Jamie Aurora, CEO of Assets and a member of City Council in Lancaster. Thank you for your time and I appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing all the success that you're going to experience in the future. I appreciate that, Ted. Thank you for having me. Are you an implementer who wants to share your stories and insights on our podcast? If so, reach out to us at studio.com at implementors.io.